You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, we're talking about mildew versus mold and where you would find them. <laughs> yeah, uh, for someone like me, usually it's to me, there's really not much of a comparison between mildew and mold, but for a lot of listeners, they do get the two confused. Absolutely. Now, now you say that mold is the gift that keeps giving. Is mildew the gift that keeps giving? Oh, definitely. Okay. So, yes. so yes. then what are the differences between mold and mildew? Uh, the, 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 the biggest difference is uh, how they are classified. So when they, you know, and obviously I'm not a microbiologist, we send all our samples off to a lab. So microbiologists are the ones that determine it. So when they when they determine the mold types, like in an air sample, they'll say penicillin. They're not going to go into any subspecies or anything like that uh, because it's not that easily identified. Um, whereas mildew, they can go right down to the, to the subspecies and everything. Wow. That's one big difference. The other big difference is where you're going to see it. Uh, another difference is uh, mold is most... Mold is, I was going to say mostly airborne, but no, mold can be anywhere. But mold can become airborne, whereas mildew is not likely to become airborne. Okay. So kind of three major differences, how they're identified, where you're going to find it, and whether it's in the air or not, you're breathing it. Mm, okay, so you don't necessarily breathe in mildew. You typically wouldn't be, no. Okay, because it's so heavy. Yes, the, okay. the, the, the consistency, it's a... It's slimier. Um, it's a. It would be, you know, the, the the comparison I use, which is a little, you know, gross, I guess, is like pet dander. So pet hair compared to snot. Like, are you gonna have to be breathing in snot that 
someone sneezed or whatnot. <laughs> exactly. No, you're no, not. You shouldn't no, you're be. Not. You shouldn't be. I know it's a terrible <laughs> gross comparison. Although I think about with babies and the snot snatchers, you know yeah, how you but would still, take you're it. still, you're not. You're not. You're not yeah. in, inhaling it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's too heavy. The consistency is too sticky, tacky, whatever, slimy. Um, versus pet dander or pet hair, everybody could be breathing that in. So it's the same concept with mold. Absolutely. So then... Um, are those some of the ways that our listeners would know the difference between mild and moldew or the stuff that you just talked about? Yes. Okay. And it, the biggest difference, you know, for, for one of our listeners is, is like mildew is going to be somewhat wet, if that makes sense. Slimy. Kind of slimy. Like, like a snail. Right. Whereas mold isn't. Okay. Um, even on an active, uh, viable mold infestation, it has a lot more fuzzier type of texture to it you can walk up to it and just literally wipe your finger and it you kick it all up in the air whereas mildew if you do that you know let's just say not your finger but if you're cleaning it up you just take a clorox wipe and you have it you can't do that with mold yeah and mildew is is on the surface it's a surface mold it's not it's not mold but it's on the surface, whereas mold embeds deeper into whatever material it's trying to grow into, which brings up mildew is found on non-porous, non-cellulose materials. Mold is found on porous and cellulose materials. Which which is um, harder to get rid of? Oh, mold for, for sure. For sure. Okay. Because yeah. I was thinking if mildew can exist on non-cellulose material then it has the ability to live on a lot of surfaces, but it can't travel through the air necessarily, right? right? Yeah, and it can't, it can't live. It cannot be viable unless the humidity is high. Ah. So that's why you're going to find it inside like the shower on your tile, typically on like the grout. Um, even more typically, you would find it like on silicone. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, it's, it, that, it's a big difference. Yeah. And so then... Listeners now know the differences between mild and mildew, but how do you mitigate it? Is it different when you're mitigating mold versus mildew? Is it the same? Well, I mean, for the most part, we don't do mitigation for just a mildew problem, okay. a standalone problem. Um, as we've always said in the podcast, I might talk about mitigation practices, but we never recommend any of our listeners to do it. If they do it, they're doing it at their own risk. But yeah, it's a huge difference. If if we're doing, let's just say, a mold mitigation on a bathroom, and there's, uh, let's just say, a, a pipe was leaking, and there's mold inside the wall cavity, but then when we're in there doing mitigation, you know, we already have a containment and everything put up. So, you know, our air scrubbers are placed however we decide to place them. If the shower enclosure, which is not common for it not to come out, let's just say the the shower enclosure is not coming out. So you have an old, you know, cast iron tub and then you have tiled walls. We're, we're dealing with a mold issue over here, but there is mildew in the shower. How do we clean that up versus mold? It's night and day. Yeah. We literally can wipe it off because it's on a, it's not a porous surface. So if it's on silicone, you just remove the silicone. If it's on the tile, you literally clean it off with the chemicals. And we use different chemicals for different reasons for different uh, uh, materials. So you wouldn't use the same chemicals on tile as we would for wood or whatnot. You don't have to sand it. Um, not sure if I explained it all. But yeah, it's 
it's literally night and day. If <laughs> if you were to call me and you said, hey, Steve, I, I have a lot of mildew. You send me pictures. We see it's mildew. I wouldn't recommend this over the phone, but let's just say per se, let's just say it's my brother. And he's like, Steve, can you, you know, come do some mitigation, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, you live six hours away, whatever. I would say to my brother, like, that's the only problem you have. You know, we'd figure out why there's mildew, which would be lack of ventilation in there. And I would recommend to him what he needs to do to clean it up. I'm not going to tell our listeners what to do, but literally you can listen to what I just said earlier. But the way I would do it is you can literally wipe it off with Clorox wipes. It's simple. Yeah. But (laughs) keep in mind, I've never had somebody call me for only a mildew issue. Okay. Because it has all the conditions for the mildew to, to be viable as it would for a mold infestation. Does that make sense? Yeah. They, they, they Both of those things can happen under the same kinds of circumstances. Yep, under the same circumstances. So there's a reason the mildew, and, and for the most part with mildew, you know, a lot of times if you, just because our listeners, let's say they see mildew, which I'm sure every one of them could literally go in one of their bathrooms and find it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Just because you have mildew doesn't mean that there's not a problem in there. It tells me there's a lack of ventilation going on in there. There, something is causing it, and we have to figure that out. And that's where, that's where, like, I love to talk about it and teach our listeners about it. But on the other hand, it's mold is so complex that I can't just say, "Well, you know, it's just a mildew issue. You're fine. Wipe it up." Yeah, exactly. And so, once again, never do mitigation on your own, but. I get deep enough in the weeds for you. You did, but here's but this is what it brought up for me. I see so many things on uh, shower tub cleaners, shower liners that say this shower liner prevents mildew <laughs> or mildew resistant or what do people what what could people do for mildew prevention and do those things work? Well, so we've talked about the whole um, marketing of mold resistant is mildew resistant. Um, I'm not saying that these companies don't invest extra money in those materials or whatever products, but to me, it's just kind of a marketing scam Mm -hmm. because you can say, well, it's mold resistance and you can tack 30% off or on top of another product that doesn't say it's mold resistant. Um, Let's just say it's a shower curtain. It's plastic. I'm not a chemist. I don't have any knowledge of how that stuff's manufactured but naturally plastic is mold resistant because it's a non-cellulose material so you kind of have to look at it that way now you do have things like mold resistant sheetrock Mm -hmm. they put us it's green board what a lot of people think about when when you hear that yeah it is mold resistant but it really it's not mold proof so We've done tons of mold jobs where it's it's been on green board. So be careful, eh? to go back to what you, you asked, just be careful. of You don't want to just pay 30% more because it says mold resistant mm-hmm. or mildew resistant. What would you suggest for, for listeners to help prevent mildew? The, the, pro, the same thing with mold and okay. its ventilation. Okay. It's... You're going to have mildew because, and and that's why you see it in the showers, because it's chronic. You know, every day, depending on your household, your bathroom, let's just say it's a main hallway bath and you have three kids. Three kids 
even if they don't shower every day, it's very likely there's at least one shower happening per day. So every day it's consistently humid in there. And that's why it leads to that. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So and it's this, lack of ventilation. So lack of ventilation, but also monitoring habits with water and moisture intrusion mm -hmm. and then making sure you know the humidity. Exactly. And cleaning. I mean, a lot of it is just, just, I wouldn't say it's hygiene because you're not doing it on your body, but just cleaning your shower, you know, every once in a while. But at the end of the day, it's because of ventilation. Absolutely. So, so then what's your call to action for people? We, we talked about the bathroom pretty much the whole time. Uh, I didn't mention around the kitchen sink. So check those areas, you know, check areas. And we're talking about for mildew. Check those areas that have like silicone. So even around a window, maybe the trim around a, a door, check all those areas, check around the sink in your kitchen, look underneath and make sure you don't have any mildew concerns. It's, it takes you five minutes. Is mildew a concern? This just came to my mind. We've been talking this whole time about mildew on the inside of the house. Is mildew a concern on the outside of the house? It shouldn't be. Okay. It, okay. It, to me, it's it's the same as uh, having algae growing on, on your siding. Is that good? No. But are you breathing it in? Uh, yeah, probably not. Okay. Unless you literally, let's just say, you know, let's say you have mildew in a, in where we typically would see it, in a, a basement that's not a walkout basement, but there is entry and exit, meaning you have to go down a stairwell to get into the basement. So it's damp down there. It's, you know, it doesn't get a whole lot of sunlight or anything. It gets wet every time it rains or snows. There would be mildew, you know, there could be mildew on anything. Could be on the concrete, could be on the foundation wall that, that takes you down in there. Is that going to cause problems inside the home? It shouldn't. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it can't, but it shouldn't. Yeah. The, the, the only way it could cause problems is if it was able to enter the airspace of the home and mildew, as we talked about earlier, is too sticky, tacky, slimy, whatever term you want to use. It's not airborne and it's not as likely to be airborne as mold spores. Okay. So, so definitely much more focus on the interior than the exterior. Exactly. I wouldn't. You know, I, I wouldn't ignore any mildew. Let's just say you, and, and to me, it's more algae that grows on like a wood siding. You see it a lot in, in, in humid areas. Um, is it a, is it a concern for me to fix because I think it's, it's impacting my air quality? No, it could impact the air quality down the road, but the, the most, uh, the number one concern would be that it's impacting the actual wood that it's growing on, the integrity of it. Does that make sense? That does make sense. It's ruining the siding, and eventually it's going to it's going to be major. Okay. But for the most part, it shouldn't affect anything inside the home. Okay, that makes sense. So at the end of the day, people need to look at their habits in on the inside of the home, what yep. they're doing, how they're cleaning, and ventilation. Exactly. And keep track of all those things, which is why having something like the mold box makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Yep. We have one of the, probably one of the most important things in there is the journal. We have a notebook in there and there's a lot more to it. So when you go Google the price or go to our site, we're not, we're not selling you a $60 uh, notebook, but, but yeah, it's very important to document. We talked about it in the last episode. You have to document things. Yep. Otherwise... I mean, if you're like me and I blame it on mold, I have a terrible memory and I claim it's because of mold, but it's probably because I'm getting old. 
But you're not going to remember everything. Write it down. Exactly. And the Moldbox will help you educate you, number one, but then give you some of those tools, including the journal, exactly. to start doing it. Exactly. All right. We will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the Mold Investigation Checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free Mold Investigation Checklist today. You can also, on cnccontractorservices.com, find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.